0: Good evening. Good evening. This is Pastor Terrence Williams with Simple Truth Cutting Edge. Uh, welcome to the Cutting Edge Podcast. Uh, we're streaming live tonight on Facebook, as usual. And you will also find us if you missed the live show. You'll you'll find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify. So do me a favor. Please share uh, this live stream. Like it and share it so that more of the Facebook audience can 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 access this podcast uh, this is a cutting edge podcast as i said before ephesians four twelve declares that the word of god is living and active sharper than the two-edged sword dividing asunder soul and spirit bone and marrow down to the thoughts and intents of the heart so this show is about it's aimed at viewing culture and events through in culture through the lens of scripture through a biblical worldview uh, so very important to keep a, a, a biblical worldview. Second Timothy 316 17 declares that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction and instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So we are committed. I'm committed with this show to have discussions, to invite guests to discuss cultural topics and events. Uh, as well as biblical topics and events like tonight, uh, we must, as pastors and leaders, make ourselves available for all discussion topics, because we don't want the world doct- indoctrinating and discipling our people. Uh, we want to be able to present the truth through a biblical framework, so that the so that uh, people will know the answers. You know, like it or not, I mean, we may as well admit it that there's not as many with a biblical worldview sitting in the, sitting in the pews of our churches. So we've got a mandate on our lives as leaders to disciple, to speak the truth, to to make sure that they understand things going on in the world through a biblical lens. And that is the goal of the cutting edge podcast. That is my personal goal as a minister. And that is the part, the goal of this podcast. So uh, just wanted to give you that as my normal opening, uh, Tonight, uh, my, my brother is joining me for a, a third week as we've been talking about uh, different things in the modern uh, viewpoint of deliverance, demonic possession. And ultimately, we're talking about the identity of the believer um, and, and how that plays into demonic, uh, uh, the, the demonic assignment against your life. Uh, Can a believer be possessed? Can a person who has given their life to Jesus Christ be possessed of a devil? There's definitely differing opinions in the world right now in the the Christian world. Different ministers saying different things. Um, But we always look at the things through the light of, through the lens of Scripture, Uh, not through fads, uh, not through popular ministries with big platforms, but through the word of God, through the simplicity of the word of God. And so tonight, uh, my guest is Pastor Matthew Colvin once again, and uh, we're going to we're going to uh, get into the discussion once again, uh, talking about these things. And we're going to see where it leads. And tonight and we did ask if you had any questions that you would uh, uh, send us those. If you're on the Simple Truth Radio website, that way you can uh, if you're viewing it through that, you will be able to uh give your questions and sam will be able to po- uh to show them for us so that we can talk this is a q a show tonight uh, we do have a loose format of what we're going to talk about but we're hoping that we get interaction tonight so that we can uh so that we can answer your questions uh in this subject so uh, I'll go ahead and uh, kick it over to my brother and welcome him. Welcome once again, Pastor Matt Coven of Afton Chapel and the prayer room, downtown Waynesboro ministry. Uh, we just had an exciting evening. Uh, we can talk, tell you about that as well, but uh, welcome Pastor Matt, how you doing?
1: Hey Amen. I'm blessed brother Terence. Um, it's good to see you again, as we just saw each other a little bit ago at the prayer room actually in Waynesboro. Where well, we got reordained, we've already been ordained, but you know, um, we got reordained through Gospel Hill Ministries. It was an honor to be um, anointed with oil with my brother Terrence and just be recommissioned, get certificates, a little thing for our wallets, just so we can get into hospitals and jails. Those credentials you need, unfortunately, you know, for the government to say, okay, you're valid. God already validates us. God already ordains us. But anyway, all right. So the matter at night is. We want your questions. We want all your questions regarding the demonic, regarding identity, anything like that that you've heard over the last three weeks that we've talked about. If you've missed it, go on to Simple Truth Radio Facebook page or the Apple podcast. You can catch all those things. But for now, we're looking for questions. I do have a few um, that we can get to. But the emphasis, the issue with this all, this issue, whether or not a demon, I mean, excuse me, a Christian can have a demon indwelling them we're not debating whether a christian can have attacks we're not debating whether the strongholds that we as believers must fight temptations from without and, and fights paul said put on the armor of god take the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one so our debate is not whether or not satan can attack us with his demons and minions that's a fact. If you say that's not a fact, you, you don't believe in God. If you don't believe in God, you can't believe in the devil, you know, and vice versa. So we do believe there's a war we are waging. Our our um debate, our topic the last couple of weeks has been: can a demon, how how far does the authority go? They can attack a Christian from the outside, but can they get inside of a born-again, spirit-filled believer? Can they get inside of you physically? Can an entity Enter a born-again Christian. I believe from the authority of the written word of God, which is the Anustas, God-breathed. It's our only authority for faith and practice um, that it's that the answer is no. A born-again believer is sealed by the Holy Spirit. We've been bought with a price. Our bodies are not our own. They are the temple, the indwelling of the holy spirit of god but we really need your questions tonight so we can adequately you know answer any concerns any scriptures that may be questionable that makes you think that perhaps a christian could be indwelt with a demon old testament new testament whatever it is no questions off limits also when it comes to identity questions anything you want to ask literally tonight is your chance we'll be on for about an hour so just go for it um i'll shoot it back over to terrence and then we'll see what happens with the questions. If not, he can come back to me. I do have one question about Anias and Sapphires, but we'll just see where he wants to go with this. Thank you, Brother Terence.
0: All right, um, there was two good comments on here. Kelly Rosario uh, said that, I believe that that mean you ejected, uh, rejected God or wasn't a believer to begin with. And then Tony Bennett said, maybe the key is, are they actually born again? Um, those are two. Uh, okay. I would I would definitely accept those as far as if a person is demonized, that maybe they're they weren't born again to believe with to begin with. Um, and but I'm, I'm with you, according to Scripture. Um, I don't see anything in the Scripture saying that uh, uh, a demonic, uh, a demon and, and the Holy Spirit can coexist in the same place. in in the same dwelling place and inside the spirit of a human being. Uh, So, you know, again, to me, uh, the struggles that we have in the sanctification process uh, could lend itself to people thinking maybe they've been demonized or uh, we like you said, we're not arguing that people can't be attacked, that people can't be oppressed. You know, weapons can be formed. The Bible says no weapon formed against me can, shall be able to prosper. It doesn't mean that the weapon can't be formed and that the weapon can't even be uh, used to try to, uh, to try to take you down. That's why we have the shield of faith, as you mentioned in Ephesians 6, to, uh, to extinguish those fiery darts of the enemy. We are constantly under attack. And we need to, that's one thing, probably the church doesn't convey well enough uh, to the believer, not to instill fear in anyone because we don't have a spirit of fear. We don't have a reason to be fearful, but you need to understand that there are forces that are arrayed against you all the time. Uh, every minute of every day, they're they're trying to find a way to make you trip up and fall, uh, trying to make you uh, struggle, try, trying to in uh, trying to bring you into some form of bondage, um, bondage. Uh, is definitely a possibility. If you continue to give yourself over to the flesh, if you continue to engage in things that are not godly as a Christian, you can, you can be bound. And you, you know, again, there's a difference between being bound and being possessed of a devil. You can be bound. You can be, you can have uh, things that you have to deal with uh, as far as your discipline as a believer, to, to get it to to not be entangled. Uh, we we can be entangled with a with with a with a with a bondage if we if we allow ourselves uh, to again if we walk in the flush if we uh, indulge the flush, we definitely can be in bondage. Uh, we could become addicted whether it be the drugs or or alcohol, we can we can we can do those things as a person who has confessed and professed uh, faith in Jesus Christ. If we if we allow our flesh to 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 take over, I mean that's why Ephesians five it describes the works of the flesh. Those aren't the works the works of a demon. Those are the works of our flesh that if we don't keep our flesh, if we don't continue to crucify our flesh, those things can rise up again. Those things can rise up in our lives. And so from here on, out, I mean, once salvation happens, we must be, we must be discipled. We must start the sanctification process where God starts to, uh, God starts to uh, give us foundational things uh, and we start to see the things of the flesh start to depart from us. Uh, they don't just do it overnight with the snap of a finger. Uh, we have to equip ourselves. We have to apply the word of God to ourselves. We have to start to see our identity for what it is, our born again identity, who we are in Christ. We must begin to discover who we are in Christ. And, and, and that way, uh, there's more power arrayed to us to begin to put the flesh aside Begin to uh, to quiet those voices of the demonic that want to whisper to us and 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 quest cause us to question whether it is we're even saved to begin with. Because trust me, uh, as a young believer, you're going to struggle. You're going to as you're being sanctified, as some of those old habits, the old man starts to die in your life. You're going to have you're going to have seasons of struggle. You're going to have seasons where it. it you 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 question your own self. You have to continue to to, to trust the word of God, and, and what God has done in you as you begin to apply uh, through discipline, through discipleship, the things that God is wanting you to do. But I'll go ahead and kick it back over to Matt. And it looks like we've got yeah. some more comments here. But let's let's go ahead. Yeah, I've
1: got some. I want to get on one of these. But first, I want to say that many have possession. I mean, excuse me, a profession of faith, but no possession of Christ. They've professed with their mouth. They've said a prayer. And by the way, there is no magic prayer in the Bible that you can say, repeat after me, I'm a sinner, I'm a sinner. You get people to say that prayer and then you say they're saved. But that's not the definition of salvation in the Bible. Salvation is faith and repentance. A a turning from the old life, unto a new life jesus said come and die or don't come it, unless you hate your mother brother sister father mother and, lo- and which means love less and come to me you cannot be my disciple deny yourself take up your cross and follow me so that's the first point we have much profession in the church right now thousands of false professions of faith without a possession of the holy spirit so what we have in the church right now quote the church the visible church There's two churches. There's the visible church. That's what we see. And then there's the invisible church. That's what God sees. The invisible church is made up of regenerate, spirit-filled, born-again people. But the visible church, which is the one we go to every Sunday, is filled with a mixture, a a mixture of sheep and goats and even perhaps some wolves. So we have many professions, but not as many possessions. Not many people are possessed by the Holy Spirit. They profess with their mouth. But they don't know him in their hearts that's one and on that point and also real quick there's a scripture in the bible about husbands and wives um fighting and the bible says husbands or or wives don't go to bed in your anger lest you give the devil a foothold that's the word foothold that greek word there is topos it's where we get the word topography which is a um like we do with maps a location. Don't give the devil a topos, a topography of your life. So what we're not saying, what we are not saying, I repeat, not saying, is that a demon cannot inhabit your finances, your family, your home, your children, your habits, your entertainment, all these things around your life, a demon can be very much involved in that if you've given him a topos, a foothold, a certain part of your life. That area can be bound, it can be in darkness, and it can seem like possession. But what it is, is he's taken up a realm of your life, not the physicality, not you, not your soul, not your spirit, and not your body. But under um, this question here. Kimberly Fridley says this, this is to my point. She says, I was a child, at revival and a woman who was a professed christian had a demon that showed itself at revival she shared with that when she was a child her family dabbled in witchcraft i saw it and will never forget it very real okay notice the first part i was a child of revival a woman who was a professed christian there we go so first off she was a professed christian doesn't mean she possessed christ she could be but she she professed him, but, but notice this is experience driven. In the first episode, Terence and I talked about something important called epistemology. How do we know what we know? Even if you saw a thousand so-called Christians shake on the ground and get delivered, it doesn't make it true. The standard of truth has to be the written text, the theonostos, God breathed word. Paul himself said in Galatians, if an angel comes into your room tonight, That's a real event, that happened, that's an experience. And he tells you something different or contrary to the written text, call that angel accursed, call that experience accursed. So we cannot, I repeat once more, we cannot go off experiences. Many things we see in the church, these experiences are unbelievers that profess Christ, they don't possess him, they're coming into our gatherings They're getting truly delivered. They're manifesting demons. They're talking like demons, they're throwing up, they're getting thrown around by demons, and they could very likely be possessed. But that right there is not proof that born again Christians can be possessed. That means that churchgoers, people that sit in the pews can be possessed. People that go to church every day can be possessed. People that read the hymns and sing the songs and read the Bible even, they could be possessed. The really question behind all this is for you and me and everyone listening. Do you know him? Do you know him in the power of his resurrection? Have you turned from your sin? Have you come to him to die? Have you said, God, take my life? I surrender all, all the parts, all the compartments, my finances, my kids, my family, my marriage, my job, my entertainment, every area to you. Because if you haven't, even if you are a born again Christian, the enemy can invade, have a topos, have topography in your life, that could look very much like possession. Many people in the church that are born again Christians that have a dramatic experience of deliverance, which deliverance is for Christians, just not exorcism, but they have a mighty dramatic deliverance. It's because the strongholds in their lives that you can have as a Christian was so mighty and was there so long that the emotional response of that freedom is, is dramatic, is amazing. And it may look like that, but we must examine things through the text we have to interpret things through the bible we don't say wow this happened therefore i believe no this happened the bible says this so the Bible's never wrong i'm wrong so let me see let me see if i can fit this experience into the bible and make it make sense scripturally not the other way around we don't change the bible because of experience we interpret our experience through the text so important guys know your bibles it'll help you with a lot of this stuff um shane had said something about a demon can latch on or entangle even that if that's a possibility even we're not talking about that here but they, they're still not indwelling the believer um, when the demon came back in matthew 12 and jesus said i tied up the strong man i bound him and the demon left and he said i'll go back to my house and he went and found it empty if you're a believer in jesus christ a true believer which means you have profession and possession. Christ lives in you by the Holy Spirit. Then your house is not empty. The greatest lie the devil could let you make you think is that you have that he indwells you. That he actually is inside of you. How could you also positionally be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, be a child of the living God, have entrance into heaven? Be seen as perfect and righteous, seated in heavenly places, and at the same time adopted into the family of God, and at the same time being dwelt by a demon. I, I believe demons can inject thoughts in your head. And yes, they're inside your head. If a demon puts a thought in your head, it's inside of your head, but that's not an entity. What we're talking about is personalities, demons, entities entering your, in your body, your soul your spirit any of these things it's out of the question biblically don't use old testament teachings they were not saved, they were not born again don't use the old testament model of a temple and how temples had many rooms and that ezekiel saw wicked things in the temple that's not a physical building we're not a physical building we are a new creation in christ jesus the old things have passed away so it's not a perfect type We are not like the temple in the Old Testament that had an outer court, inner court, holy of holies. It's not an exact transfer. And here's one more thing, and I'll let you get it, Terrence. Sorry about that. You never interpret the New Testament through the lens of the Old Testament. If a a doctrine's in question or a teaching, the New Testament, the New Covenant has priority. It sets precedence. It's the New Covenant, according to Hebrews, that the Old Covenant had faults and flaws that's the bible not me don't shoot the messenger and that the new covenant was brought in as a better covenant a greater glory a more um the old covenant was a shadow the new covenant is the substance it's the real thing so the old must be interpreted through the new never vice versa never vice versa go ahead terrence sorry about that
0: no 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 apologies that's good stuff uh uh, one statement that I I will say on that what you just said is something I've always learned to say is that what is in the Old Testament concealed is in the New Testament revealed. So our revelation we 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 get to see things through a new covenant experience through Jesus Christ. Uh, it's it, it's part to the, uh, uh, I think it's in Hebrews where it says that all of those all of those saints that went on before us uh are long long to look into the things that we now see uh, the fact that we have something that they longed for. They, they saw it at a distance. We now hold it. We now see it right in our, in our realm. So that's, the, that's the glory of that as well. Um,
1: you want to get to Ananias a, and Sapphira?
0: Yeah. Let me read this scripture real quick uh, from uh, Romans chapter okay. six uh, from, this is talking about, uh, it says, what then shall we sin because we are, shall we sin because we are under law, not under law, but under grace? Certainly not. Do you know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one slaves whom you obey, whether sin leading to death or obedience leading to righteousness. But God be thanked that you, though you were slaves of sin, yet you obey from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. So basically, what this is saying is, is whoever you present your body yourselves to obey, you can be enslaved. Again, the question is oh, not yeah. being enslaved. The question is not, can we be enslaved? Because uh, we know we can. Can we be possessed? That's the difference. Yeah. We can be enslaved through our, you know, you you make a habit. Uh, you you make a habit of sin. That habit becomes. Continual for a while for a season and you find yourself entangled by that in that behavior And your deliverance at that point is through repentance and walking in obedience It's not coming to an altar and throwing up in a bag It's saying, you know, I need to repent of this I need to repent of what I've been doing and then I need to walk in obedience Through the power of the Holy Spirit, applying the word of God, applying the word of God in the area of of my sin, getting to know God, beholding him as we're as we're told to do. uh, And and that is the answer for deliverance. Um, These things aren't so theatrical as what we the presentations that we see. But every everyday obedience, uh, the simplicity of the Bible probably isn't all that entertaining. But the goal of the the goal is not entertainment. The goal is not for it to see a show. Uh, And again, you know, some of those elaborate, some of those uh, deliverances, uh, if they are really deliverances, they're probably unsaved people who are who are being delivered. Um, But in my in my experience or at least experience of things that I've been told uh, by people who are in those circles, it's usually the same uh, crowd of people coming to the altar on a weekly basis uh, and throwing up in a bag uh, getting delivered and uh, to me that's someone that either number one is not saved or they're very 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 immature and this is just a work of the flesh sure. that's going on in their lives but I'll kick it back to you for that scripture that you're going to go ahead and give us on the, on the Ananias and Sapphira
1: yeah the um the immaturity about that real quick, the immaturity is where it's at. And I feel for you guys, I feel for everyone involved. Many of the people that I know that actually believe a Christian can have, you know, in some way being dwelt by a demon, would also with us, Terrence, renounce the throwing up in the bags, renounce much of this. So to be fair, I wanna just say, we understand that, that not everybody's the radical, that side of it. But for those that are immature in the faith, that don't know who they are in Christ, that don't know the gospel, they knew that Jesus died for them. They don't know He lived for them. That He gives them righteousness. This pollutes the well. It's it's a fly in the ointment. It will give you condemnation and accusation, even when you think you're clean and you finally stop the porn. In six months or two years down the road, you pick the porn back up. The first thought is not fast pray, read my Bible, and get biblical counsel. The first thought is let me get a bag and find somebody to pray for me again to get another demon out of me. It's just not a good. It's not it's not a healthy belief system for a Christian to believe. Um, we behold God, not the enemy. Behold the lamb, not the enemy. We grow by looking at Jesus. And to say that the Bible is boring or normal scripture reading or meditation is boring. No, the Bible not boring. You're boring. The Netflix is boring. It was boring. This is a fascinating word from God. It's God breathe. The problem is you haven't been taught to dig into the word, to feed upon the meat, to feed upon the bread, and to get life from this word. Sometimes when I'm reading this word and meditating, I feel electricity. I feel fire and, and, and an anointing unction coming off the pages into my spirit, man. It's an exciting, exhilarating experience with the living Christ. And I want that for everyone here. All right. Acts chapter 5, a common, um, one common um, thing is, how about about Ananias Ananias and Sapphira? So Acts chapter 5, 1 through 5, I'll read it. But a man named Ananias with his wife Sapphira sold a piece of property. And with his wife's knowledge, he kept back for himself some of the proceeds and brought only a part of it and laid it at the apostles' feet. Verse 3, here it is. But Peter said, "Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land? Let's stop there just for a minute, because if you read a little further, you're going to get the answer of what that is. But let's start at verse three. Peter, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? OK, let's stop there. You can take it off of the um, scripture if you want, Sam. Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart? There it is. Sounds like Ananias, he's in the church. He might've been one of the 120. He was part of the first century church. He he must've wanted to bring money, a contribution to the apostles to help build this church. Matt, this seems like a Christian. This seems like he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And here it says, Satan filled his heart. Well, first off, I'm gonna refute that idea. But first off, if he was a Christian, and he did have a demon. Then I've got it, Terence. The answer is not to deliverance and love on that person and get him a bag to throw up in. No, let's just kill them all. Let's just stand back and let God take everyone out that's Christian and has a demon. So you understand that doesn't make sense. God would not kill every Christian that's struggling or that perhaps could have a demon. So that's that's off the table. But when it says Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart? Okay, why has Satan filled your heart? Well, Terence, it sounds like Satan filled the heart of a Christian, right? That's what it sounds like. Let me ask you a question. If I said to you guys in the audience, Terence is filling a cup. On the next frame over, if Sam pan to Terence with the cup, do you expect to see Terence inside the cup? No, you expect to find out what Terence put in the cup. The fact that Terence is filling the cup implies there's a substance or something like water or a beverage that he's putting in the cup. You would never expect an an English language to see Terence filling the cup, literally standing inside of a cup. So when it says Satan filled Ananias' heart to lie, it's the very lie The very, like we get tempted all the time, the fiery dart. And Ananias, lie to the Holy Spirit. That's not fair. Keep some of that money. Nobody will know. It's okay. It was the whisper in his ear. It was that fiery dart to lie. And we find that out. Many false theologies will be solved if we just read the next verse or two. If we just read in context, we'll figure it out. So let's keep on going to verse four. So verse three real quick again. Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? and to keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land. Verse 4. While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not at your disposal? Here it is. Why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. Okay, that's it. Here's the answer. Why is it, Ananias, that you have contrived this deed? So look who was held responsible for the deed. Who was held responsible for that ultimate deed of lying about the money, deciding to lie to the Holy Spirit and say, we sold it for $100,000, dollars we really sold it for 150000 was Whose idea was that? It was an inspired idea. By the dart of the enemy, Satan filled the heart of Ananias to lie. But Satan did not indwell Ananias because in that verse 5, it says, why is it that you, Ananias, have contrived in your heart? Why is this? It's because for a believer, um, like Paul in Romans 7, the things I want to do, I don't do. Who is it? Is it sin that's dwelling in me? What's the saying? The devil made me do it, Terrence. I didn't do it. I'm not responsible. The devil made me do it. So if the devil made me do it, if the devil's the reason for my sin and I'm possessed and I'm being controlled by the devil to watch porn and to smoke weed and to do drugs and to cheat and all these things, I'm not really responsible. I might've been responsible initially, But now the devil's came in and he's doing all that stuff himself. But no, it's clear in the scriptures that what the devil did to Ananias, he does it to all the believers. Now he he whispers, he uses deception to whisper lies of accusation. He comes for the identity. He comes to attack the believer's identity. And I have no doubt that he whispered to Ananias, Ananias, come on, man. You can keep some of this money. You could live forever off that extra money. You don't want to trust this this church thing altogether. Save some. And Ananias bought into it hook, line, and sinker. He did it. It wasn't the devil that made him do it, it wasn't a demon possession. He filled his heart with a thought, with an idea, not himself. And Ananias is the one responsible. And God slayed them too, Ananias and Sapphira, in the beginning of the church to set a pattern that it's not okay to sin. Sin's not a light thing. You don't lie to the Holy Spirit, but nowhere in this text or anywhere in the New Testament is there any hint that Satan or a demon filled literally an entity went into a Christian's heart mind body yes they influence the mind yes at times they can seem to control your actions you can get a spirit of anger i can have a spirit of anger come upon me as a christian i can have a spirit of jealousy or lust come upon me as a christian and for that time period of whatever control me seemingly i'm yielding to that spirit it's not at any point possessing me i've been sealed with the holy spirit of promise so so he preserves me god does thank god that we're preserved thank god he keeps us but yes the enemy can 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 try to control us from with thoughts deceptions spirit of anger spirit of lust spirit of fear spirit of lust but they're never indwelling the believer that's the hope we have that we're sealed that were protected, that were born again, that were new creations. The devil cannot get to that. You know why the devil hates you so much, Terrence? Because you're his replacement. He used to be the worship leader and the singer in heaven. You are his replacement. I am his replacement. Viewers, you are his replacement. And he wants to lie to you in every way he can. And if it means coming in through angels, um, through devils that look like angels of light, through these preachers on tv and the nice money and oh it appears like they're getting free if he wants to come like that to get the christian that's just a good christian that's struggling still to make them think they have a demon inside of them they're not able to contact the presence of god they're not able to get in the word of god they've stopped coming to church they probably stopped a lot of things and a lot of them go headlong into sin because they're discouraged and dismayed and depressed because them They thought they were safe. They thought they were saved, but now they have a demon. No, if you're born again, if you're blood bought, you do not have a demon spirit. I rebuke that lie in Jesus name. You're free. You are the righteousness of God in Jesus name. The spirit of God, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. Live free, walk free, walk and live in who you are in Jesus name.
0: Good stuff. Good stuff. you know, hearkening back to what I, that verse in um, Romans six says, you are you are slaves to whomever you yield yourselves to obey. So there's your entanglement right there. Ananias, Ananias only Satan only appealed to Ananias's flesh and Ananias went with went with the desire of his flesh. Uh, and let me prove this to you as well. in James one. Uh, verse, verse 12, I'll read a few verses, uh, it says, blessed is the man who endures temptation for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord promised to those who love him. Let no one say verse 13, let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. And here's the, here's, here it is right here in verse 14. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin and sin, when it is full grown, brings death. Do not be conceived, my beloved brethren. So again, as you said, Pastor Matt, uh, a demon is just a convenient excuse to a New Testament believer. It's just an uh, it's like the Flip Wilson theology that you brought up earlier. The devil made me do it. Now, I'm dating myself because a whole lot of y'all are way younger than me and probably <laughs> don't even know who Flip Wilson is. But um, Flip Wilson's famous thing was and when he did something wrong, he say the devil made me do it. Well, in this case, yeah. when we've given our lives, when we've given our lives to Christ uh, and we trust him with our salvation and we've been filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, we can't get by with that any longer. If we sin, it's because we chose it. Uh, we hear voices. Absolutely. Uh, Amy, Amy Coffey, uh, said something earlier. Satan can't read your mind, right? But he will whisper in your ear. Absolutely. He will. And Satan, that's all Satan. That's all Satan did in the garden way before Jesus came way before. I mean, way before Jesus came to earth as, as Jesus In the garden, all he did was appeal to Eve and say, did God really say you can eat? You can't eat from this tree because he knows that what this tree can bring to you, it'll bring it'll make you like God. So he appealed to her flesh, which was already questioning uh, why God said not this tree, all the other trees, but not this one tree. So. As I said in here in verse 14 of James, everyone is each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when sin is conceived, when desire is conceived, that desire gives birth to sin. And that sin, when full grown, full grown, brings death. So we can't blame it on anything but the fact that we 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 are in a sanctification process as believers. I don't know. We're we're all at different places and we have to continue to crucify the flesh. Whoever comes to me, Jesus said, must deny himself, pick up his cross, and follow me. That is not a one-time thing. Too many people treat salvation like it's a one-time thing. Oh, I came to the altar five or ten years ago. I'm saved. What are you doing now? And it, sound, it, it And we need to, as ministers, we need to not be afraid to tell people these things. Oh, it sounds like you're legalistic. Sounds like you're preaching legalism. No, I'm telling you that you have a responsibility to apply the word of God to your life. If you expect to grow, you can't just call yourself something. You can't just have an experience 10, 15, 20 years ago when you were five years old, you went to the altar and said, I believe in Jesus as my savior. What have you done? What have you been doing? Faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. Did I say works save? No, I did not. I said faith without works is dead. If you're going, if you're not yeah. going to apply the word of God, you cannot expect to be. You cannot. You can only expect immaturity to be the result of your life. If you're not going to open up, crack up on the word of God, ask the Holy Spirit to 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 unveil. What the word is saying to you and apply it to your life and walk daily with God. You're going to be very immature. You're going to be subject to bondage left and right. And you're going to want to blame it on a demon. That's going to be a convenient thing for you to blame it on a demon. What it is, is that you have failed to apply the Word of God. You have the Holy Spirit, as Matt said, the same Spirit that rose Christ Jesus in the dead. You have the comforter, you have the ultimate counselor, even greater than any man you can set in front of. You have the Holy Spirit in you to guide you into all truth. You have the Word of God written, provided uh, through, the, through the writers, through the New Testament writers, and, and even the Old Testament uh, books that have been found. We have no excuse we have 24 hours in the day and we fill it with all all these all these other things but you say the bible is too hard you say that it's too hard for me to to grow it's too hard for me you know to 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 apply this to my life no it's just that you you just you just fail to do it so this whole conversation where we want to talk about demons again they're a convenient excuse if we are if we're a blood-bought the the de- the demon cannot enter into me i i have absolutely zero fear of the devil all what i do what i am mindful of is the fact that he can speak to me and he can uh try to lead me in areas of my flesh that maybe i haven't uh i haven't put to death completely yet um uh, we all yeah. are in different places as i said before uh there are things that trip me that don't trip you. There are things that trip other people that don't trip right. us. Yes. And and, and yeah. that's just the fact. That's just the fact of walking with Jesus Christ. And we're not going to be completely uh, sanctified until he comes and finishes the work because he is the author and the finisher of my faith. Right. Now, I don't know about you, Pastor Matt, but I rest in the fact of knowing that he began it, he's the author and he's the finisher. I'm somewhere in the middle. I'm somewhere in the middle struggling, but he who began a work in me has promised that he's going to complete it. And so I can just praise God with that and understand that my momentary struggles are going to come, but they're only going to lead me to, to greater, to greater hunger and greater dependence upon him. And that's what I need to be anyway. Yeah. I, um, I was
1: trying to find some, um, Jesus came, and he said, just to, just to reiterate this, Jesus came, I want to, about Shane Robacher asked some stuff. He said, propensity and conversion is ongoing. Yes, yes, amen, all that. It was said a prophecy was made of Jesus Christ, that he would come and make the crooked ways straight. That word there for crooked is the word iniquity. It's where we get the word iniquity from. And, and what Jesus did was he came to make the iniquitous ways or the crooked ways in us. So you start off like this. straight eventually right a lifetime of making the crooked ways in us straight and straighter and straighter and straighter straighter so that's amazing and yes we have propensities it comes through dying but here's where it all comes down to i've got to say this and then let terrence finish up but for you that are watching this is the issue this is what it's all about we don't care if we're right or wrong all we care about is this right here but we also care for your souls and for your hearts and just to be able to grow in the faith If you don't know Jesus loves you and smiles at you and desires you, he wants to be for you. He's for you, not against you. And that nothing can separate you from his love nothing, not things present, not things to come, not demons, not angels, not your bad deed last week. Nothing can separate you from his love. But here's the issue one teaching puts you biblically above demons and gives you a standpoint of victory. At least you know, okay, you know what? I have Christ. Yeah, at times I fall, I'm broken, but I'm growing in Christ. A demon cannot touch me. My family, shut up, devil. You, the Bible says if I resist the devil, he flees. Not here, think about it. And eh, you don't have no power, Matt. You know. No, my, I don't have no power, right? Terence has no power. Our power rests in the name of Jesus Christ, the name above every name. At his name, every knee will bow, every demon of lust and fear, and pornography, and addiction, and depression, and suicide, and murder, and abortion. All these things bow to the name of Jesus Christ. But one teaching puts you biblically where you're supposed to be, in Christ, above principalities and powers. And the other teaching, unfortunately, puts you beneath them. Not not trampling on serpents and scorpions, but being trampled on by them. My Bible doesn't say that. My Bible says the gates of hell will not prevail against the church that Jesus Christ builds. The reason why the devil's prevailing in millions of churches across the land is because the, Jesus didn't build them. Man built them. They used Rick Warren's church growth strategy to build the church, not Jesus Christ. It must be built by the word. By the Spirit, by the empowering of the Holy Spirit of God, taking the Word of God and preaching with unction and fire and and, and passion in their hearts. Dead men can't help dead men. You, you can't get other people alive if you're dead. If you if you're trying to reproduce yourself and you're dead, what are you going to get? Dead, demon-possessed people. That's not what we want. So, Christian, you that have believed this lie, that perhaps you know you don't know about me, Matt. You don't know about that trauma. I was molested as a child. You don't know about the Ouija board incident. You don't know about the witchcraft in the past. Are you born again? Have you repented of your sins? Have you turned to Christ? If you have, you are a new creature. A metamorphosis has happened. You're no longer a caterpillar. You are now a butterfly. So why are you consistently acting like that caterpillar still crying? crawling on a branch of your granddaddy's sins and that past sin with the Ouija board and the witchcraft of your great, great uncle and all these things in the bloodlines. No, you have a new bloodline. Like Terrence so awesomely said the other week, you have a new father, you have a new family, you have a new inheritance, you've been adopted, you have new power, new affections, new desires, get up. Um, Like old pastors used to say, square your shoulders like a T-rail and point your finger at the nose of the devil and tell him to leave you alone. Leave your family alone. Ask for the blood of Jesus Christ to surround your family and your home. And don't even entertain for a second a thought that a demon could indwell you. It gives him a topos, exactly what the Bible warns against. It gives him a foothold, the very teaching of that's supposed to get people free is actually giving the enemy a foothold. They may look free now. They may look free in a couple months, but let's just wait a while. And I pray they are free. If they were unconverted and not saved, then then perhaps, yes, I pray freedom and, and great freedom. But if they were a Christian that was talked into thinking they could have a demon, when does it end? Okay, what stage of Christian am I at? Well, I don't have a demon no more. What stage can I get to a protection? None. If you're a Christian, you're always susceptible to a demon. That is a lie from the pit of hell. It's a doctrine the Bible says in the last days. There'll be, catch this, Terrence, doctrines of demons. What if Paul was saying there's actually going to be doctrines, teachings about demons in the last days that are going to deceive many? If if there's any doctrine of demons, this could be one of them. And i'm not saying that like i said i have brothers and sisters i'm not saying this takes you out of the faith if you believe this but for those that have bought into it i just fear for you not for your salvation i fear for your heart your growth in god your growth in sanctification your growth in running the race throw off the sin that so easily entangles you run the race with freedom looking to the author and finisher of our faith. Don't look at demons. Don't study the counterfeit money. Study the real, the genuine. Look in the word of God. Get around brothers and sisters that are mature in the faith, that know the word, that know Christ. And and just don't entertain these thoughts about demons. Just get rid of it. If you believe this right now, don't listen to nothing about this stuff for a couple weeks. And in a couple weeks, you'll find freedom. You'll notice that you don't have those demons talking to you no more. You'll notice you have freedom all of a sudden. Why? Because you don't, you empower what you give attention to. And right now you may give attention to demons, demonology, Pagani, um, people, Isaiah Salvador, and, and all these different people. Um, you may be giving them attention. And therefore, you, what you sow is what you reap. If you're sowing demonic seed, seeds of fear, paranoia, accusation, you're going to reap that in your life. Sow the gospel. Last time I checked, the gospel is still the power of God unto salvation to all that believe. Come to Christ and live. Come to die, but come to live. He is the bread, not deliverance. Jesus is not the... Cheer- I mean, deliverance is not the children's bread. Jesus is. Come to Christ. Feed upon Him daily. Get alone with Him. Put on some soft music and just worship Him. Give Him all of your attention all of your affection. A single heart is what he's after, not a divided one, not not I want you, Christ, but also this other stuff. No, just come with all your affections, all your heart to him. Saints, I'm telling you, I've never been more satisfied in God than I am right now, spending daily time with him, just being with him. I come broken, I come empty, like a, like a person coming to a physician every day with wounds and hurts and pains, but never do I worry about having a demon it's just, it's just, would it just, it, it, it counteracts the gospel that we know. The entire scripture counteracts this teaching. I can't deny that. The entire Bible is the antithesis of this teaching. I'm done for the night. God bless you all. Terrence, take it. I love you, brother.
0: Good stuff, Pastor Matt. Good stuff, man. Um, we just have to, we just have to uh, go to the Word of God again. I, I think I posted this earlier. Uh, today that the word of god is like a mirror um it's when you walk yeah. away from that mirror that you forget what you look like um is when you look into the mirror when you look into the word of god you find you those promises are yeah. for you those promises that your identity is in there if you're a new creation in christ as it as the bible says in second corinthians 5 we are a new creation Old has passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So here's the deal. Praise you, Jesus. The word of God. The word of God is where you find out what a new creation, what you have as a new creation. It is. It your possession is is written in those words. So how are you going to? How are you ever going to really find out and discover who you are, apart from apart from going there, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah will continue to reconfirm the words of jesus to you it's nine to a- continue to continue to to continue to convince you that what you have is real yes. there's always going to be a battle especially in your early christianity you're going to hear a voice you're going to hear you're going to hear voices that you have to try to discover is this me is this the devil or is this god as a young christian yep. you're going to fight that battle of trying to hear who it is The word of God is like a radio tuner that you can you you start to understand what the voice of God sounds like through the word of God. Then you can trust the voice that you hear. You can hear that the voice of the enemy is going to bring condemnation It's going to bring doubt. It's going to bring questioning. It's going to going to it's going to lead you away from the purpose of God for your life. The word of God, the, the spirit of God is going to draw you back to your identity of who and what, what he's done in you. So as a, as a new believer, if, if whatever new believers or young believers we have on here uh, that maybe have access to this, maybe even later on, you have got to ingest the word. You have got to become a disciple. You just can't be a a week weekend gatherer in, a, in an assembly. You have got to become a disciple. You have got to become a student, a lifelong learner. If you're ever going to walk in victory outside of the sanctuary, you might have a good hour and a half on Sunday, and then you've got to go back into the world. And if you do not apply this, you're going to you're going to have more trouble with devils than you've ever, ever imagined, because they're coming for you. Because they're coming to test to see what it is you have. They're going to come test it. And so that's not a threat. That's a promise. That's not to make you afraid. That is to drive you to the word of God to start this 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 lifelong journey of discovery. And if you don't do it, you can't blame your pastor. You can't blame your church. You can't blame anything, any person, but the person that you look at every morning when you get in the mirror. You have got to do this you have got to apply this if you are ever going to mature and you as i said before you have the holy spirit in you and you have brothers around you if you're in a church you have people that you can go to that are more mature than you are in certain areas use them but but do not use do not sit here and not apply the word of God and not get into the word of God and expect to grow because it will not happen. And that's really all we have tried to say during this whole uh, three part session talking about demonology, uh, talking about the modern deliverance craze that's going on in the body of Christ. The, the answer for all of that is to, is to be disciple. And um, you've, you've got that. You've got access to the word of God. You've got access to the Spirit of God. You might not always have access to your pastor, but you've got access to the Word of God and the Spirit of God any and every time you need it. And the, the question is: is will, will you will you make use of it? Will you make use of it? And that, and that's really that's really what it boils down to. Our growth is really dependent upon what we do. There is work. Don't listen to anyone tell you works is bad works don't save you but after you get saved matt can testify you've got a life you've got a time you've got work to do and so yeah. uh, be encouraged hope you've been encouraged by this broadcast tonight with pastor matt and myself uh man it's been good uh we'll see what's coming up i'll be back in two weeks uh, i don't know who i'll have it might just be me we'll see what what, what god has to do but you guys, uh, thank you for being on with us tonight. We've had a great time, uh, great comments. I'm sure I'll be answering some of those even later on. Thank you for your contributions to the show. Thank you, Pastor Matt. And uh, we'll do it again soon. Uh, but you guys be blessed. Uh, this is The Cutting Edge. It's Pastor Terrence, Pastor Matt Colvin. See you later. Have a good night.